everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody out there? Big Dave and Joe, another edition of the show. Uh, last week was kind of an abbreviated show. We did have the Chris Moneymaker interview, which uh, which was great. You know, Joe, you know how uh, I think I've complained to you many times how difficult it is sometimes to be a poker reporter and, and get the interviews that you need, mainly because people are really into their playing. Most people don't want to be interviewed anyway. They don't want to go on the radio. And if you can get somebody that is, you've got to get them at the right time. It's like I tell people, you know, it's not. It doesn't equate to a doctor. It's it doesn't equate to a doctor uh, doing an operation. But if he steps out for two minutes, going, "Hey, doc, can I have a word?" Yeah. <laughs> How's exactly. that gallbladder operation going in there? Yeah. Some of these guys get into a zone, and when they do have a break, yeah, I don't they really know. want to get something to eat. They really have to go to the bathroom. You yeah, know, you so know, you just kind of breaks are hard. Decompress just, to, and you don't have a lot of time to decompress. So, so really, the best opportunity for me is when somebody gets knocked out, and then they're in which, the least. Uh, yeah, uh, which sometimes kind of doesn't lead to the nicest do. interview yeah. possible. Exactly, but, but uh, kind of weird. I walked in. I wanted to know. I wanted to get Chris because he was leaving after that day. He had uh, won two events, including the charity event, and he won a. Uh, uh, Limit uh, Omaha 8 or better event. And before that, the Moneymaker Tour uh, opened kind of, was right before the series, which was events you you aren't familiar with, I think, but $86 buy-in, which was the original satellite price that Chris paid to get into a step satellite and then into the World Series. Oh, it was 86? Somehow I always believed it was $21. Well, $39 was the the common uh, cause, and I asked Chris about it during the interview, and he said, well, you know, that's really my fault because when people asked me, I had thought it was 39 but some people did some research, and it was actually $86 was the one that got him in. So uh, anyway... It's for, you know, players that maybe can't afford that big, uh, you know, 570 buy-in or the uh, $2,500 buy-in to get a big tournament. So uh, they gave away a platinum pass, $30,000 value, which gets you into the major event down in the Bahamas in January uh, and travel and everything like that. So the Hard Rock had some big success giving one away. So the Moneymaker Tour decided they would go to a couple places. They went to Reno. They went to Maryland Live. They came down here and... There would be a, a platinum pass given away, so that was the basis of the tournament. And uh, so I went over there, and I knew he was leaving, so I knew he was playing one last event. So I I wanted to get there in time for the break, and I thought it was about five minutes too late. I thought the break had already started, but I was walking, and just as I was walking in the door, the first guy that came out of the door was Chris Moneymaker. <laughs> that was nice. And I said, "Hey, Chris, can I get a couple minutes with you?" And he said, "Yeah." He's always been kind when I've uh, pulled him aside to, to ask him a few questions, and we stood there and talked for 15 minutes, and it was great. And that's the Dave Lemon five-minute interview, exactly, folks. Just in exactly. case you don't know that. <laughs> and if he asks you for 10 or 15 minutes, prepare to be there for an hour. Yeah, pre- pre- prepare to sit down for an hour. <laughs> Kick your feet up, maybe. Maybe bring a razor or something with you. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, that carried last week's show. I was having some dental work, and and as it turned out, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, uh, but we did this show, and and uh, I taped some intros ahead of time, and 
Uh, Joe was out of town anyway, so. I was in San Francisco. You know, usually, I was in usually, the windy usually Joe uh, carries the, windy the show. City. It was very windy in San Francisco, though. But usually uh, Joe carries the show, so you know it's a, it's a little tougher on me when he's not here. But anyway, so we had that last week, and uh, we'll get to that back. That comment to our, is not true, folks. <laughs> we'll get back to our uh, kind of a regular format here today, discussing uh, different results, and it's uh, big time because uh, the WPT uh, event over at the Seminole Hard Rock, the uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open is in the uh, final stages. They are down to 16 players for the main event, and they've had a bunch of big events uh, already, so we'll talk about some of that. Also, uh, some other stuff going on, a uh, big tournament going on in Planet Hollywood with the WPT, and we'll update some of those as well. And a few stories that we've been kind of collecting over the last couple of weeks and really haven't got to. Uh, sometimes they're not timely after uh, two months later when I go back to try to do them, but... Uh, we got a few things, and uh, we're obviously coming toward the end of the year. And uh, so you start looking at some of the Player of the Year races. Uh, there's a couple different ones, and uh, including Global Poker Index and the Card Player, uh, top top uh, Players of the Year. So we'll talk about some of that, and guys who've had great years, and uh, and uh, have some fun. Uh, one other thing, and may not get to it tonight, but if possible, we will. And that is kind of. Taking a look from last year when uh, someone wrote an article late in 2017 about looking ahead to the new year and five things that you should do to jumpstart your your poker uh, career in the new year. So uh, some interesting uh, information there. We'll try to get to that as well. Anyway, uh, World Poker Tour is here. Uh, and, oh, it was the, the uh, Planet Hollywood was the WSOP right. circuit. So anyway, WPT is here. And they are down to the final 16, and uh, a bunch of the big-name players that were alive going into today, I think they started with 50 today, have been knocked out. People like uh, David Peters, Lonnie Harwood, Vinnie Pahuja, uh, Aaron Massey, a uh, good friend of the show that we've had on several times. Joe McKeon uh, was around there as well, the former world champ, has been eliminated and Jonathan Jaffe. Those are the few of the people that got knocked out, knocked out today. Also, this is at Planet Hollywood. This, no, this is the this is the Hard Rock. Oh, the Hard this Rock. Is I'm WPT sorry. WPT event. Uh, Michael Newman won this event last year. He made it to today, and he also got knocked out. And here's a name that we haven't heard for a while: Joe Searock. Oh wow! So he uh, made a pretty deep run as well. A uh, couple of women that uh, that we've had on the show before: Lexi Gavin. Uh, and uh, I forget who else I was thinking about. Oh, Alani uh, also was the other one. And then uh, a few other big names, uh, Phil Hui, who was uh, Lonnie Harwood's boyfriend. He also got knocked out today, and a couple locals, uh, Ido Ashkenazi, who won a big event over at the aisle a couple of weeks ago, and Paul Balzano, who always seems to make a deep, deep run at these Hard Rock events, also got knocked out today. So they're down to 16, and I looked down the list, and the only person I really know who he is, is uh, Ravi Raghavan, who uh, we had on a couple times early in the show and was a big-name player. He kind of disappeared for a while, but uh, some interesting names uh, that will be breakout players here for us as well. Oh, also Kunal Patel is also still alive. But uh, the chip leader is uh, Pavel Plesuv, Plesuv uh, with 5.38 million chips. James Rand is second, 4.88 Jeremy Joseph is in third, 3.3 million. Alan Shine is uh, 3.25 million. And Marius Gears is at 2.9 million. Another 10 players. They'll play down. I think they're just about done for the day, and they'll come back tomorrow 
and play down to a final table, which will be on Wednesday. So I'll probably head over there tomorrow night, catch a little action, and then probably back on Wednesday for some of the final table. But uh, that's the one we're looking at. Uh, 898 players in this one. Wow. So a nice turnout as well. Uh, $3,500 buy-in. And uh, so we'll keep an eye on that as uh, they finish things down to the Seminole Hard Rock. And uh, we'll keep an eye on everything that's going on over there. This was a $2 million guarantee, by the way, and uh, they got over that easy, so as you might expect. Anyway, uh, that that always something big going on here in Florida, but lots of stuff going on around the country and around the world. So we'll take a look at some, some things. Uh, just to tie up some election results, this is one personal thing from the show that I'm sure Joe would be interested in. Uh, we talked about Nick Sordle leaving the Miami Herald to run for political office. Oh, that's right. That's for right. the Plantation City Council, which is maybe the first step in a long political career. Who knows? But uh, Nick uh, did win his election and for the Group 5 seat. All right, seat, Nick. Uh, won by uh, 279 votes. Four out of how many votes? Out of uh, close to 29,000. So it was very Woo, close. 1%. I don't know how many recounts they did there, but one uh, percent. He suppose I assume he has been sworn in by now. He's supposed to be mid-November, and uh, he serves the remaining two years of a term, um, which was left vacant by the death of a previous councilman. Well, let me tell you, if Nick puts in all the effort that he did to his writing and 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 brings that passion, they're lucky people over there yeah. in Plantation. Absolutely, and, you know he's a great guy and. Folks, I think you're very lucky to have him, and and, and believe me, if he, he he's somebody of, of of integrity and honor. So I guess I guess if you're a gambling fan or a poker fan, you probably uh, wouldn't have been completely unhappy to see him lose. So they came back and wrote again because he was really the the only one in the major media that uh, covered uh, the the gambling news on a regular basis. Yeah, and and you're right. If if that's your only interest, but uh, you know we got to know the man personally, and especially you, Dave, and mm-hmm. such a great guy. So if this was his passion now that he wanted yep. to help the people of Plantation, I I I honestly believe in my heart that they're very lucky to have him, and he's going to do a great job, Dave. And all I could say is that the uh, good karma that comes from being on this show is uh, is right held in continues, place. Continues, yes, it does continue for most people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't in poker success, but it wasn't in, in in his uh, future success. So. Yeah, I, I'm sure with all the work he'll have to do on uh, the city council. Uh, probably won't get to play as much poker anymore either. <laughs> I don't know. Could be wrong about that. Who knows? Anyway, I uh, did want to mention that, and uh, we'll have some fun tonight talking about uh, a few different topics. One other thing I want to tie up was the uh, uh, the news that we talked about on the show, the the uh, Gordon Vallo news. Uh, remember, he won about 700000 in a tournament on Poker Stars. They accused him of playing in the United States, and he said Didn't he was in Canada, right. Canada. So they withheld his tournament, and he sued them. This was... Actually, now a couple of years ago that he played in that tournament and won the money, didn't get his money. And so he it was big news as he filed this lawsuit. So as it turns out now, he has dropped his lawsuit because there was a third party that uh, got in touch with PokerStars and basically had some insider information that uh, I guess Vio was playing in the United States. Uh, and he seemed like such a nice guy when he finished second in the, to uh, Key Win we win uh, a couple of years ago, but they said uh, they 
they did some research and that uh, felt that he was using an illegal proxy server in the United States. So he's violating the terms and conditions. And when they refused to pay him and froze him account, then they were actually in the right. So uh, the word came out, and Vallejo dropped his lawsuit against PokerStars. So you might think that would be the end of it, but no, not yet. Not yet? PokerStars is countersuing him for I don't blame him. $276,000 in legal fees. So uh, his whole Well, that's what happens when you sue. You know, if you lose exactly. the lawsuit, you've got to pay the other people's uh, legal fees. So, you know, this is... Sounds like a bit of arrogance there on his part. He got caught with his hand in the co- in a big cookie jar, and you know, instead of standing up and, and saying, you know, I made a mistake, you know, he he compounded this yeah, problem by a lot. And now now now, and not only is he not getting his seven million, was it seven million? Seven no, seven hundred thousand. Like, excuse me, seven hundred thousand. It's going to cost him over a quarter of a million in legal fees, plus his own lawyer. Yeah, exactly. And uh, supposedly he had. Had a bunch of documents that proved he was in uh, the United States playing. He lives in Toronto, I guess, uh, or at least part-time, part-time of the year. But the uh, documents he filed were supposedly presented to the court as were the work of a document forger. So there could be more problems than just uh, oh. legal fees. Oh, boy. So the third party uh, t- turned him in. We're going to have to start referring to him as um, Prisoner <laughs> 1846. Yeah, exactly. Instead of Gordon Vayu, it's going to be uh, Gordon Bayo <laughs> is, uh, the, is the steel doors just clack behind him. Anyway, um, so that that was kind of surprising news, really. I guess a lot of people had rumored that he was lying. And, uh, well, he pissed uh, somebody off that, that, that ratted him out to <laughs> PokerStars. That's for damn sure. Yeah, exactly. Either that or he was being blackmailed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, we will uh, we'll take a break here on the show, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening over at the Hard Rock, a few other things, uh, maybe get to this little story about uh, jump-starting your poker year for 2019. Amazing, 2019, Joe. What's amazing years is how, fly many, by. how many years we've been without Internet poker, and we were crying about it one year or two years. Yeah, back. exactly. <laughs> Okay, so let's take a break here on the show. Don't forget, you can always pick up the show on the Hold'em Radio Network. You can pick us up on SoundCloud and uh, go ahead and spread the show around to your friends. If you enjoy it, uh, we do have a nice uh, audience out there on a weekly basis, and we appreciate all those people that come on a regular basis and all those who continue to join us. Follow us on SoundCloud and follow us on uh, iTunes and that sort of thing. So we're very happy at that. You can always rate the show and uh, uh, send it to your friends. We do appreciate that so much. And we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart. 
but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet it'll look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Keeping an eye on Seminole Hard Rock. And the Rock and Roll Poker Open. Several events uh, kind of concluding down here near the end of the tournament. Uh, the championship event is in day three. Down to 16 players now as Philip Wee just got eliminated. Uh, he was knocked out by Marty Mathis. Oh, no, I'm sorry. James Rand knocked him out along with Marty Mathis. So uh, double elimination there as uh, Hui has ace-10 offsuit. Uh, Mathis had pocket eights. And James Rand had pocket jacks. Uh, not much matched up for anybody except the 7-5 king flop. Started to set up Mathis for a possible straight. Six came on the turn and he had an up and down straight draw. But the jack on the river gave uh, Rand trips and eliminated the two other players. Uh, Mathis eliminated in 18th place. Collects 21000 Same price for Phil Hui in 17th place. Which means they're down to 16. Uh, I'm not sure how much longer they'll play tonight, but uh, they are still going Kinda and they're early. redrawing for another couple tables. Uh, they could go longer, but uh, they're set up for their TV final table on Wednesday to down to six. So I don't think they want to play down to like ten and then just have a day where they eliminate only four people. Yeah, yeah they might. Who knows? Well, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd they probably would want to go till what. Nine ten o'clock tonight. I don't know. You're the you're the poker room director. I I I, I, would, I would say they would go in at least another if, two hours. If you hour. knew you had to play the final six on Wednesday, what would you play down to tonight? Yeah, I'd probably try to play down. Are they looking to get to the final six on Tuesday, or are they looking no, to get to no. it? No, I think they have all the TV uh, equipment set for Wednesday, so I don't. No, think no, I'm saying, are they looking to have people come back on Tuesday and then get down to six for yes, Wednesday? Yes. Okay, well then I listen. You still got ten to go. Yeah, maybe ten o'clock. Okay, ten nine. I think th- I think there was a level or something. If they reached it, they might. were going to camp. Oh, okay, have. yeah. Well, they may get that to like maybe when they get down to. I don't know. Uh, you might want to get down see. to the final. They're ten in level twenty five, so they said they were going to play one more level before they bagged up. That was for the and that's probably what left. an hour and a half level. Uh, I believe so. Yes. So yeah, figure you figure. This next level they're in might not end till about 8.30, and then they'll go to about 10 o'clock. I would imagine 10 would be the absolute latest. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we uh, talked to Plasuv, uh, still the chip leader, last we have. 
and uh, they will continue to play down a little bit there. There was also another event that just finished a short time ago, and that was the 1650 Purple Chip Bounty event uh, with a 100K guarantee, 153 entries, and Peter Mancini uh, makes a three-handed chop to... uh, to finish that one up between himself, Michael Stashin, and Pablo Mariz. Uh, Brian Hastings finished 6th. David Levy was ninth. Kurt Lichtman was 11th. So uh, they are playing down. The, the first event uh, was a big one as well. Um, always nice tournaments over there at the Hard Rock, and we'll give you the results of that one. Um, they finished that one, uh, I guess, about a week or so ago. And I had gone by to, to when I did the moneymaker interview last week. They were still going on, so uh, uh, we will uh, check that out. Can't seem to find it right now, so we'll get to that a little bit later. Anyway, uh, they had like 4,558 players for that. Wow! One, uh, with a one million guarantee, I think it was a three three sixty buy-in. Buy-in, so they still crushed yeah, it. Crushed it. Eight eight opening sessions, four thousand five hundred fifty-eight. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about uh, a couple of player of the year races. I do want to mention that we kind of get toward the end of the year and uh, check that out. Uh, one interesting article uh, before I get to what's happening this year is what's happened over the years because we've been doing this show now. This is coming almost on nine years. Almost nine. Uh, March will be our ninth anniversary. But if you look back to just uh, the beginning of 2013, which is only uh, five years ago, five and a half years ago. Uh, the all-time poker money winner was uh, Antonio Esfandiari because he won the first uh, big one for one drop, won 18 million in that tournament. But he was the overall. And that was five leader. years ago. No, but this I'm I'm, I'm picking no, out a point here that they said okay. uh, at the start of 2013. That was right when high roller events started becoming mm-hmm. more prevalent. Uh, so you didn't have those huge tournaments. But uh, the tops, well, we'll give you the top Back eight. Back then it was had to be close to Helmuth and Daniel and all right. those guys. Right, top top. We'll give you the top ten uh, back then. Uh, the Magician was number one. Sam Trickett was number two. He had finished second in the one, big one-for-one drop, so he had a big payoff there. Phil Ivey was third. Eric Seidel, fourth. Phil Helmuth, fifth. Daniel Negreanu, sixth. John Juwanda, seventh. The Grinder, Michael Mizrahi, was eighth. And then Jamie Gold with the biggest uh, payoff in the uh, Yeah, WSOP his was one week. tournament. That was one tournament for $12 million. Right. Uh, nine, he was in ninth with 12 million total, and Scotty Wynn was 10th. And then several of the other uh, major champions uh, from the WSOP were right behind him. But if you look now to the top 10, I don't know how I'm going to ask you a question once you give me these names. Okay. And, uh, once you're done with this. <laughs> well, who's number one? You know? Who would be number one Number now? one right now. I know Daniel was fighting for it. I don't know if he is or not anymore, but um, I I know he had taken over for a short while. I don't know if anybody overtook him, but I would have to say Negrano. He's actually second. He was okay. first. You were right. Uh, but with uh, $25 million in earnings just this year, 10 tournament victories, Justin Bonomo is now the all-time ch- uh, money winner. Wow. Uh, $43.5 million. Twenty-five and a half of that coming here in 2018. Negranu uh, has thirty-eight point six million. Uh, Seidel third. Fader Holtz has moved into the fourth spot. David Peters in fifth. Daniel Coleman in sixth. 
And the Magician now dropping down to seventh. Well, let me tell you something. These are all outstanding poker players, as we both know. But I look at this, you know, what, what do they say that through a rose-colored uh, glasses? Because, all right, granted, Jamie Gold, 10000 won $12 million. But all these other guys took years where the tournament payouts weren't that big, the buy-ins weren't like that big. What's the the one big one? Uh, the the one drop for was uh, eighteen million one, the year that. But the you had to Antonio won. But you paid a million to get in. Right. So you won eighteen times. You buy in, okay. And to me, yeah, obviously that puts you right at the top of the level once you won that because there, that kind of money was never available to anybody prior to that. That's true. That's you good. know, but if you've had people like Helmuth and and Negrano and Ivy. Who had built up to eight, nine, ten, twelve million when winning a million dollar, million and a half dollar tournament was big news. You know, when, you know that was top prize. That to me was a lot more of an accomplishment. I mean, and I again, I say these guys are unbelievable poker players, but you know, it kind of skewers those numbers to where, you know, they become like fantasy numbers in in my opinion, <laughs> where. Yeah, it's 18 millions, but it's only 18 times what the buy-in was. You know, if you could afford a a five million dollar buy-in and you have a 60 million dollar first place prize, yeah, you're gonna be the all-time tournament winner. I, I just don't, you know, yeah. I don't look at it like that. Yeah, I, I guess it's easier I, I to look do, at but it, still. Yeah, it is, but I look at it as the accomplishments that these other guys did going through the fields that they had to go through back then instead of just, you know, 40, 50, 60 players that are either backed by, you know, deep pockets or, or put in their own money, however they come up with these 100,000 and, you know, 50,000, 100,000, half a million, whatever, whatever these buy-ins are. These are numbers that, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know how some of these guys can afford it. You know, that's that's you know, let you know that somebody has to be helping them out because you can't run cold for a year running those kind of tournaments. You're not going to have any money left. Right. Well, Phil Helmuth uh, made some comments about how super high rollers have changed this leaderboard. And, and just like you say, it's really not the same. But uh, It should be two different boards, well, to be honest with you, in my true. opinion. But Bonomo, uh, who won the super high roller bowl for $5 million, an event that Phil played in and went fairly deep in, but... Uh, didn't win nearly that much money, but uh, he responded to uh, Helmuth. His quote was, the all-time money list is, is definitely not a clear ranking of the best player in the world right now, but it still means a lot, he said. Some guys say, oh, that's just all about who plays the most high rollers. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, Phil Helmuth, but the people playing these high rollers are the best players in the world, and that's why we are at the top of the list. Sure, somebody who plays more of these events will have an advantage, but it really does entail competing against the best in the world nearly every single day, and I'm very proud of how I've done. And he should be, and he should be. He's done unbelievable. He's been great, great player, absolutely great player. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm of that belief, as I said, that this should be a completely separate category for ranking players and ranking tournament winnings. You know. Uh, uh, I just I can't equate it on the same level, you know. It, yeah. it, it, and to me, believe it or not, Dave, it takes away from the like the, what we do on this show, where we always talk about, hey, you know, the guy who saves up to play in one nice tournament a year. Let's say, you know, uh, you know, average Joe happens to win one of these tournaments, and 
gets four or five hundred thousand dollars, you know. Granted, we know he's not the player that that these other great players are, but I would have something a little different for that. You know, remember when Randy Casper was on our show before they represented anybody, they had to have won X amount of dollars in tournaments. Right. It's a lot harder to get to that point, you know, because, like I said, I, I don't know about you, Dave, but I've never met anybody who can consistently put down 100000 into a tournament, let alone a million. All right. Well, you may be wondering where Helmuth stands. Uh, for all his complaining, he's still 14th on the all-time uh, money-winning list with $22 million. Whether you, whether you like the man or not, he's earned it. Yeah, absolutely. He absolutely has earned it. Yeah. And uh, one of the interesting things to me is how quick someone can come on the scene and make a big splash. If you look at Fader Jamie Holtz, Gold was number one, wow. I think, once because he wins one, one right. tournament. You right. know, granted, I love He's nowhere to, to be found listen, now. Listen, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I'd like it to be Joe Rodriguez <laughs> instead of Jamie Gold. But, again, for these purposes... You know, it all depends, I guess, on what audience you're you're trying to market with this, with this uh, high money ranking list. You know, uh, it, it doesn't do much for me because, again, I could never even look at a list like that because, obviously, maybe not not only because I'm not talented enough uh, to, as a poker player to play in those things, but even if I was, you know, it's just so much money, and again. I don't have friends with deep pockets like that. I'll tell you something we haven't heard much from recently is Dan Coleman. I mean, he had that huge year where he won $22 million in a single year. And recently, he hasn't done much. Well, this is how the poker, it, it's cyclical, right? right? You know, the grinder went a few years without hearing from him, and then all of a sudden he's back on the list. Uh, you mentioned earlier in the show, Joe Searock, right? Yeah. And uh, who was the one at the finals at the main table this year from uh, that was a main event winner of, uh, a few years ago? Um in the main event, that this year's main event, uh, he won a main event six, seven years ago. Oh, Ryan Reese, uh, you're talking about? From no, Michigan? not Ryan Reese. Um, oh, Joe Cata. Joe Cata. That's who I'm looking for, okay. Joe Cata. Well, Joe Cata's from uh, from Michigan, not Minnesota. All right. Well, listen, I knew it was way up there in a very cold place. Okay. But, uh, you know, we hadn't heard from Joe Cata. Right. Oh, and right. all of a sudden he comes in, finishes, what, fifth in the main event, and then goes right afterwards and wins a, a tournament uh, at, right, the, at right. the WSOP yeah. right after that. Yeah. That's and we how hadn't this, heard from him for a long time. Exactly. Right. And this business goes like that. How about Gus Hansen? Have we heard much from Gus Hansen? No, but he's and starting to few, play more lately. But a few years ago, you know, this man was on fire. Yeah. Um, the one point I want to make, and I want to get back to that, uh, Fader Holtz, uh, this first list of top 20 all-time winners. It was from January 1st, 2013. Right. A little over five years ago. Fader Holtz at that time had only one live tournament cash for $19,000. Yeah, and he's probably now near $20 million or more. $32 million, Almost $33 million, uh, in fourth place. So. I wonder where Jason sits on that list. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't I don't see. Because Jason was up around thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million, if I'm not mistaken. Was that right? And one in one poll. I mean, you know. You remember, he's hit a few WSOP, one of those He's a daddy change. now. He don't have to play poker. Yeah, listen. That's a, that's a talented young man there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, when we get back, we'll check on the Seminole Hard Rock uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open and what we'll do with that, uh, get you up to date, and a couple other things. Also, Pennsylvania is uh, on the verge of starting their online poker. Also, other online gaming. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now about what's going to happen there. Whether they'll join Ooh. the, uh, they the join current Jersey. Compact. If they join well, Jersey, you're going to have to. They're not nice set to do that yet. 
So no, uh, but I'm saying I'm sure I'm sure there's talks already about that. I think there's 12 million people live in uh, Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, uh, it's a pretty good crowd there, and uh, certainly uh, New Jersey didn't have enough people to do it on their own. They had to join the other ones. So we'll see. They may be forced to do it as well. Yeah. Well, listen. Whatever brings in uh, liquidity. A word I learned from our good friend Randy Casper uh, is only going to make this a much better product and a lot easier to sell to other states. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Okay, let's take a break. Uh, We'll come back with more on the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be back with after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Green lights. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome Welcome back to the program. Big Dave and Joe. Uh, Another edition of Poker Action Line as we keep an eye on uh, Seminole Hard Rock Action. I did find that winner of the opening event. It was a one million guarantee 4,558, and the winner was Trung Pham. Uh, he had, was part of a seven-way chop. Devin Marshall, Carlin Swed, Carlos Loving, who's a former poker dealer from Tampa, David Lawfer, Pavlos Casaluris, and Laurel Pasquale uh, played down to that final table. So uh, more people getting into the game, and I think we're, we're seeing more and more people make their first big scores, get their uh, name in the paper, and uh, it's great for the game, I think. 
<laughs> I, I, it's not only great for the game; it's it's you need it. It's necessary for this to happen right. for the game to keep growing, and for you know replace all those people that get married and have kids and uh, move yeah, on. Yeah, and not only that, poker is a game. Well, most gambling is is also, but more so in poker, in the sense because it's grown to that extent that you need new blood. You need new blood, and if you want to entice people to to you know dip dip that toe in the water. You need to show them that other people like them can do this, can right. succeed. Right. You know, it's it's not just the Justin Bonomos and the Phil Hellmuth and the Phil Ivies and Dave Peters and all. You know, that's like saying, you know, you and I can stand up there and face a major league uh, fastball. We can't. The, the fun part about playing poker is that anybody can sit down with anybody. But if you believe that they're so far out of your league that you can never cash... And I believe that's what the big high rollers has done. It's taken care of the the lower end people. So guess what? You need these big amounts of tournaments. People like what you say, four thousand, forty over forty five hundred people were in that yeah. tournament. Uh-huh. You know what do you win about two hundred thousand, two fifty? Yeah, so two thirty eight. There like you go. <laughs> you know that's nice for what three hundred and something dollar buy in. Yeah, there you go. So that's going to entice the people to come out and play, especially when it's, it's a name that you don't know. The person could no, be I see a, one. I'm sorry, he won 123,000. Okay, so they decided to play it down, but still. But that was because of the chop. I mean, uh, oh, ex- that's right. We top seven, seven way chop went 68,000 up through 123. Okay, so but 123 with a seven way chop. First place probably would have been a little over 200,000, yeah, right. you know, and change. So uh, this is great. This is great, you know, and if I'm the poker room manager and the tournament director, I'm using this. You know, I don't know how they advertise it with these people, but I'm making this guy's face, you know, the the, the face on the wall for for the next month, you know, so poker players can see him and, you know, uh, sell him, sell him because you're selling your, your, your product and your room and that the dream that anybody can win a poker tournament, you know, and... Living proof right there. <laughs> a picture of somebody who won that is not well known in the poker community. Yeah, exactly. Uh, keeping an eye also on the WSOP circuit event, uh, which is at Planet Hollywood uh, out in Las Vegas. Uh, chip leader Eric Blair, Daniel Strelitz, uh, who won a big uh, opening event at the Hard Rock several years ago down here. He's from Torrance, California. He's second in chips. And uh, Tim Riley is fourth. Tim Riley, uh, his wife uh, Ness, we had them both on the show uh, within the last year and uh, both play uh, some great poker. Uh, Tim Riley is currently fourth in chips. Uh, Jordan Meltzer fifth. Ryan Tosic is in sixth. But there are a lot of big names in this tournament as well, so we'll keep an eye on some of that as well as we finish the show here tonight. But uh, I did want to touch upon this uh, preparing your... uh, 2019, if you're looking ahead. Now, we have a lot of people that, that want to play professionally or are on the way up, and I could wait to do this right around the first of the year when some of these articles come out, but I thought maybe about a month ahead, maybe some plans you need to make in your game for the next year as you uh, try to prove yourself and get better. And let me tell you, as as we're coming up on December, you know, get that month to start putting everything in order that you need to do. Instead of to waiting to the first to jump on. Yeah, because then the excuse comes in, well, I started late. <laughs> I'll do this. You know, 
if you're serious about that, you you kind of start making whatever preparations you have to make in December so that you can start incorporating these changes in, in January. The uh, the first one that he talks about is uh, having different plans for different disciplines. Uh, now, if you're lucky enough to be in a state where there's online poker, you're going to be playing at the casino, you're going to be playing online, and uh, you need to kind of separate the two and keep track of your winnings separately. Do you think you buy that? Yeah, yeah. Set you your know, goals separately on each side? Well, I like what he's saying. As far, now, I didn't think about it from a financial term because – you know, keeping track of your wins and losses should be the same, in my opinion, because as a poker player, I know what I've started with and what I've ended with when a session is over. So that's as easy as marking it down wherever, you know, wherever, whatever ledger you're using, whatever method you're using to track your daily or weekly or monthly or all of them combined uh, tallies of wins and losses. So, but I like when, as soon as you mentioned it, what came to mind was, yeah, there's different ways of approaching how you attack an opponent, you know, how you set them up online as to, you know, a brick and mortar. Right. Now, of course, it always depends on the person, too, whether you, uh, you know, you live near a casino where you can just pop around the corner and jump on the thing, uh, whether you have plenty of time and quiet time at home where you can play online. Uh, he suggests, this fellow suggests that you set a plan to play a certain X number of hours a week online. X number of hours a week in the casino. Now he's talking as someone who's trying to take this to the next level. Exactly. To someone who's who is transitioning from a recreational right. to you know part-time player into a full-time poker player, Correct. poker pro. Correct. Uh, yeah, and you know, Dave. Until we did this show, I mean, I I realized it up home, but I used to play. You know, especially in college, first freshman, sophomore year in college, I used to play a lot of poker usually on the weekends it was in private house games and then when i got down here i did that but i i, I don't know if you've thought about this but i didn't realize this how lucky you this had area it? no not how i lucky. i didn't have it lucky okay i had to learn in house games you know uh but here granted you got, i didn't you have any fears of the game being busted I don't know if that was just being naive and and never hearing about that you know where i grew up in new jersey but, uh, you know, we, we've talked over the last few weeks about how games got busted in New York City. You know, I always played with either very close friends, college, college uh, you know, frat boys that I knew, and, and sometimes friends, family members, and stuff like that. So I never ventured into an area where I felt uncomfortable with the players at the game. Right, right. Uh, I did deal in some of those games down here. I definitely dealt in some of those games down here. I knew who ran some of those games, so I just went by the straight and, straight and narrow, as they say, and made my money. Well, but poker players here, like they are in Los, like in California, and for the ones who live in the right areas, obviously Nevada. I didn't have Atlantic City poker when I but when I moved down here. Poker didn't come in until a few years later, after I had moved down here. And you're talking about, you know, if you have a casino near you, I completely took that for granted once everything exploded down here. You know that that that's a wonderful thing to have. the The opportunity is right where we're sitting right now, Dave. Yeah, we got eight what, poker rooms. What do we got within what fifty miles? Ex- exactly. And and the closest ones are probably with well, the Hard Rock is what five six miles from here, from where we do the show. 
right? Less you than know? 10 miles to so, uh, Mardi Gras and uh, like, Gulfstream. Put it this way, like you said, with, within, within half an hour, we can hit all the casinos in Broward, and I would imagine almost all the casinos, and no, and all the casinos. Except no for Mikasuki. Mikasuki, and I live five miles from there, and it takes me just over half an hour to get here with no traffic. Right, so right. that's about it. And maybe what, uh, Cocoa Walk might be the the one that we might take a little more than half an hour, or is that not half an the hour? Coconut I mean, Creek? You mean? I mean, excuse me, Coconut Creek, yeah. Cocoa. Yeah, so how wonderful is that, that you have those options for anybody who lives between my Dade County, Miami-Dade County, and Broward. That is so unique. And, and you know, in L- not even in L.A., Dave. I well, mean, we can't really play online here. That's, that's well, no, who, what, there's only three or four states that are playing online right, right now. So that's, you know, I'm looking at it as hopefully in the future we will be allowed that. And for the poker, I mean, if, if Internet poker comes back and it's legal and everybody can play, the explosion, I think, will be even greater here in South Florida for that. Right. Uh, the second uh, point he talks about, well, also, along those lines, he also said, you know, you may want to jump into a game that's not as popular as Hold'em. Uh, maybe learn how to play stud in a top level, uh, Omaha 8, uh, different games. But the problem with that is you can't really find those games on a regular basis at a live room too often. You could catch them online uh, if you're playing online. But uh, it's a little tougher to find a lot of those games. Isn't it funny how, um, was it Mike Smith who said that to us, who played Hold'em in the early 90s? Hold'em was just a game they played the main event thing. You know, you didn't find Hold'em games. You had to play stud. Yeah. You know, so the, the how it's changed, and I believe it changed because people needed to change up their style. But you've got to be you've got to be in a place, like you said, down here, Omaha, uh, Pot Limit Omaha seems to be the the next game that you know, and it's not even the next game; it's already arrived, and it's here. But um, I would love to see you know Raz, um, you know Pineapple, Crazy Pineapple. I'd love to see all these games that we're licensed for down here to play, just even if it's like one game tonight, because I'm sure that if you get one table of any of these games, Dave. Sooner or later, you'll bring in four, five, six people who want to get into that game. That game is full. Before you know it, you've got a second table, and you know it. It just keeps growing from there. Right. It just keeps. Growing. Uh, the second one is uh, set goals and be realistic with them. Uh, decide what you want to do in poker. You know, not necessarily uh, jump into the high roller circuit and take on Justin Bonomo, but um, you should set goals so that they will make you work. But that aren't impossible to achieve. You should set hourly uh, limits and, and minimums that you want to meet, meet each month. Uh, you should set uh, income rates on the monthly rate that you'd like to make. Uh, so definitely have that written down and something that you can refer to as you uh, move along each month. Yeah, it's a great idea. Sometimes it's a little harder to follow, um, you know, um you have to be ready to put in the time for that, and that I agree. I, you know, I think that's that's a big thing, Dave. I uh, that's I think that's great advice for the for the uh, new poker pro, someone w- willing to take that next step. Right. Uh, as far as the goals go, don't be afraid to adjust if you're not meeting them. Uh, if you're making them, uh, you know, 
expecting yourself to play too much and you don't have the turnout to not to have the time, change your goals a little bit, an hourly rate as well. Uh, if you're uh, doing better, you know, uh, than you thought you would, adjust your goals upwards so that you can keep uh, having something to strive for. Yeah, well, I like to, uh, I don't remember who I can give the credit to, but, you know, when you're doing better at, at, a, at a level that, that you thought, you know, you'd, you'd be comfortable with but weren't sure you were going to have that great success, I, I think you need to sustain that level of success for an extended amount of time and you you know you need to set a realistic goal that it's not just a good run of cards right that you're playing well that yeah, you're making rate, great reads and everything so before you jump up to the next one and all of a sudden that good run doesn't follow you yeah exactly uh here's an important one he feels is to record every session um not only uh, in your online play, which you might be able to get from the site, but uh, keep track of your uh, goals and how you're uh, approaching them. And uh, keeping a record of all sessions is critical to your growth. You think? Hmm. Keeping you track like of every session? You don't seem like the kind well, of guy that would write everything no, down in and, the diary. No, and, and the reason is, actually, that's really good advice, Dave. But the thing is with me, as my friends will tell you, and if you've heard me say here, God blessed me with a very good memory, and I don't, you know, I, I've i lied to myself when I was starting stating that things were bad luck. Obviously, as my education grew, I realized that, you know, at the very beginning, when when I did have a slight good run at the beginning of my poker career, not to say career playing professionally, but making decent money at it, and then when I... When when I did hit the wall, you know, I, I, I looked in the mirror and said, you know, that son of a gun got one outer on me, and I did this. And I kept coming up with all the excuses that poker players come up with. And then one day I finally had to look in the mirror and go, you know, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell myself that I really sucked <laughs> playing poker and that I had just gotten lucky. And believe it or not, that was a big revelation for me because at that point I had to decide. Do I want to continue playing poker, you know, or do I want to better myself? And I'm going to give you another person who helped me move towards that goal. When I kept asking him for questions is, uh, I don't know if you remember Jeff Ward, uh-huh. who was the poker director when we opened up Miami Highline in 97, and I worked for him. And Jeff gave me a bit of advice that I never looked at it that way, where I said, well, you know, I, I was trying to bleed him for information. And he goes, Joe, this is what you've got to do. He goes, he goes, if you want to become a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, an engineer in this country, what do you have to do? You have to go to college. You've got you to pay a tuition. You've got to get an education. And the ones who study the hardest are the ones that make, you know, who become... You know, right. the top five percent of their class earn the most amount of money. He goes, poker's the same way. He goes, if you lose money playing and you don't learn anything from it, you're definitely not going to reach that top five percent. The things uh, he suggests you need to record, he said, you can do this very easily. Obviously, in today's digital age, you know, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or or uh, notes on your phone or whatever you want to do, but you record the time and date you played, where you played, the games you played, the format, whether it was tournament or cash. Stakes, your starting stake and your finishing stake. He said, you keep all that stuff, 
then you'll have this to detail later on whether you're actually successful or not, which is basically what you and, said. You know, he, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know you'll know whether you suck. Well, no, it's <laughs> but it's not only that. It's right when you sit down there, you got to write. You know, luckily for me, I you know for people like myself who have these memories things, I'm constantly. I used to constantly beat myself up for making a stupid mistake. Not at the moment. Because the emotions took over, and that's another. I don't know if he if he addresses that in the issues. If you've gotten to that, but you got to kind of let your emotions stay out of right. poker decisions, and it's that's one of the most that's the hardest thing I can imagine sometimes, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, you you you. I beat myself up hugely afterwards. Yeah. At first, you know, in the moment, I think I made a correct. Or a borderline, you know, a 48-52 decision. And then as you calm down and you realize, you know, holy shit, I should have, you know, this should have, I should never have put my money in here. And, and, I, and I put myself in harm's way right, exactly. and I lost my stack. Well, I'll tell you another thing that I've thought of over the years, and this will probably never happen to me. But uh, say you're playing along, you you really don't have that, uh, you know, stick to 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 keep track of everything. But it's a good idea to record this stuff, keep your tournament receipts, throw them in a box. Because what happens if it's like June and you go down to the Hard Rock and play an event and all of a sudden you have that magic run of cards, you end up winning $125,000. Now for tax purposes, you're going to want to delegate your wins and losses for the year. And now by June, it would be impossible to go back and do that. Okay. Now, the, and, and here's the thing that I've been wanting to say. When this gentleman writes this article, I didn't read it. You're you're reciting some of the things. You know, he should have started this article. If you want to become a poker pro, remember, this is work. Yeah. And no, most people point. look at poker as fun, even when you want to play it. Because why? You set your own schedule. You do it when you want to. Well, you know, soon, soon if your bankroll doesn't dry up real quick, you realize... That this is this is a business, yeah. not work. It's a business, and business is harder to run than work than to just show up and be, just show up, collect a paycheck, punch in, punch out. You run a business. If you don't run your business successfully, it fails. Well, and these are the tools that you need right. to start helping your business get there. Now, educational process comes in, involved with this. This, you know, these are all plans. Like he said, I think the first rule: read up, learn on it. When young people start to do this, very few of them succeed or you want to go further because they realize this is a lot, this is a lot more work than I thought this was going to be. Uh, one other note he mentioned, which I thought was kind of a comic relief in this article, was he said, make sure that you're honest with yourself. He said, it doesn't do any good to record these sessions, log a nice run of positive finishes, only to leave off that one session where you donked off half your bankroll because you were drunk. Look back to my comments about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> see, see Joe's comments five minutes ago. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and that is so hard to do, Dave, because it's hard for us to look in a mirror and criticize ourselves, you know, because then we look at failures or something like this, and people need to realize... You have to be, it's so hard to be brutally honest with yourself, Dave. It really, it really is until you've hit rock bottom. And if that's when you're doing it in poker, that usually means you don't have any money, any more money to play poker. And speaking of hitting rock bottom, his last one is don't quit. Uh, he said you may not meet your goals. You may, you may lose every coin flip 
He goes, it may look bleak, but don't quit. He said, poker is a long-term game, and as such, the performance is best examined over a long period of time. He said, just take a look at Daniel Negreanu in the year 2000. Uh, he won $75,000 from tournament poker, but which is minuscule for, for his career. But obviously. probably at that time, it meant the world to him. No, exactly. But he said he didn't quit, and over the past uh, decade, he's... He's uh, made over $8 million, and probably even more than that by now. Uh, he In 2017, he broke even. So he said, you know, always remember that when you're setting your goals. It's not always going to be gravy, and, and, and you're not always going to be ahead of the curve. I was told by someone who I knew to be a professional player, not a name player, but a professional player, a player who made his money from playing poker. He goes, listen, you know, you're lucky if you win six out of ten sessions. Right. He goes, the, ob- the object is when you lose, you have to minimize your losses and maximize your winnings. He goes, you could have a player who goes 6 out of 10, but his four losses are massive losses. Right. So, you know, th- they gave you different perspectives as to how to look at this. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take our last break in the show. Uh, the reason we bring this up is, uh, you know, to get ready for 2019. If that's your plan, if that's what you want to do, uh, keep track of things and uh, make your make your plans ahead of time. And remember, you have to really be dedicated to this or else it's not going to work. Absolutely. And trust me, I know. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be right back to finish things up when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe, keeping an eye on a couple of tournaments, including the $1,700 main event 
out at Planet Hollywood, the WSOP circuit. Daniel Strelitz has taken the lead in that one. Uh, Eric Blair in second. Brent Roberts has moved up to third place. Uh, the other one is right here locally in town, the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker uh, Tournament, uh, the Rock and Roll Poker Open, I should say. As they uh, finish things up, they're down to 14 players. Uh, James Rand, the chip leader, James Gilbert, has moved into second, and Pavel Plesuv has dropped to third. Jeremy Joseph fourth, Alan Shine in fifth. And I can't give you really anybody else I know too much about except Ravi Raghavan, who is located in... 10th place right now, no, 11th place. Please. Are they in their final level right now? Have they started uh, level 26 I, or 5? Yeah, I, I think they're done for the day, if I'm not mistaken. Let's okay. see if I can confirm that. Because they were, they, that was 45 minutes ago, they had knocked the two out to get to 16. Yeah. Uh, don't see that they're they're quitting yet, but uh, they should be almost done. Anyway, uh we will uh, give you the results of that next week on the show. I will head over there probably tomorrow uh, for a little while during the day, and then uh, Wednesday night if I get a chance to check out some of the final table, and then we'll uh, see if we can line up a few interviews for you of some of those players and uh, see what happens. You do your thing there, Mr. Yeah, I, I will try. <laughs> uh, the World Poker Tour has announced uh, part of their second half of Season 17 schedule. Uh, in the normal period, the Hard Rock is not on there, but uh, they pr- probably are still negotiating. Uh, it's not a final uh, rundown of events, but uh, they will be going back to the Gardens Casino, Hawaiian Gardens, that had that uh, big blow, uh, big mistake of in the tournament that they uh, added the extra tournament days and stuff like that. But they will go back to that in January to kick off uh, 2019. Uh, they also will have another event at the Borgata in the end of January, uh, Falls View, and then they'll head back out to California. Thunder Valley doesn't uh, Bay 101 again is not on the schedule right now, but they are talking. That's where they did the Shooting Stars. Right? right, right. They didn't have it last year, and so far that's not on there. But the LA Poker Classic is uh, probably one that will be added there shortly, right uh, before or after the uh, Thunder Valley tournament, and of course the Seminole Hard Rock. I can't imagine that that wouldn't be on the schedule when the final. Uh, Everything is said and done. Uh, Choctaw and the Aria. The Tournament of Champions next year is at the Aria, by the way. Uh, back-to-back tournaments at the end of May and the beginning of June. Wow. Busy schedule. And next week we'll take a little look at the Player of the Year uh, races. Uh, Jake Schindler and Alex Foxen fighting for the lead in that one on the Card Player, Player of the Year. And uh, Schindler also uh, doing well uh, in the uh, GPI, but Foxen is the leader in that one, and Justin Bonomo in second. So we'll look at some of that a little bit closer next week. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Joe, thank you, as usual, for uh, all your contributions. Nice to be back. And uh, Gio as well, as, as usual, always. <laughs> for sure. We don't get on the air without him, for that's sure. That's correct. Uh, that's going to do it. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. Have a great, uh, well, Thanksgiving is gone, but uh, make your plans to... Uh, Buy some stuff here on Cyber Monday and uh, all kinds of stuff, <laughs> whatever have, the latest is. Have a great week at the table. Get ready for Christmas. Catch you next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. <laughs>